Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up channel. Uh, Really happy that you have joined us uh, this week because I have a returning guest, Ian Wilson. And Ian has been recognized as a pioneer in the field of lucid dreaming by some of the leading researchers on dream exploration. He has freely contributed articles, books, and papers to the dreaming community since 1995, and he's helped hundreds of people become better dreamers. He started lucid dreaming at the age of 15 in 1987 and has clocked in over 10 years worth of lucid dreams, experiences spanning over three decades. A side effect of participating in dreams consciously was seeing future events emerge in the dream content. Dreams of future events are known as precognitive dreaming, and many people experience them when they have a deja vu moment. Uh, He's been working a lot over this COVID month, but he's also got a new website that we're going to get into. And his website is dedicated to lucid dreaming exploration and advocating for the reality that dreams do come true, literally. Ian, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me back, Nicole. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. Uh, you were definitely one of our more popular episodes. People really enjoyed your information and your insight into the dream world, which to me seems to be very fertile and becoming very rich with opportunity and possibility. Absolutely. Um, especially with people now kind of going through what we're going through in 2020, um, being stuck in your home doesn't mean you have to be a prisoner of your mind. So I know I went into a two-month lockdown, but did that really affect me? I mean, sure, I couldn't go out for a walk or go out to uh, eat a nice dinner, but I have lucid dreaming skills, so I just closed my eyes and would go out for an eight-hour session, vacationing, eating, doing what I like to enjoy, and then waking up going, well, I'll have to just endure this. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because that was actually one of the messages that I received um, about everything that was kind of going on with COVID was you know, when we kind of look at it more from, uh, if you want to take it from to a level of like um, controllers, deep state, Illuminati, whatever anyone wants to call it, trying to keep us in our home, it was to slow down the movement of exposing the truth and having us all meet up and being able to talk and, and bring that truth together. However, what they underestimated or didn't take into account fully was our ability for the dreamscape and to take our consciousness and to go into the dreamscape, perhaps even into other timelines, and do the work that we can't do right now in this current reality. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why I've been working on this website, because, you know, as you know, when you become very skilled with your own dreams, it offers that second life type of a window where your dream reality can be as composed as realistic as your waking life. So the intrinsic value of closing your eyes into the theater of the mind equals hours of experience that's direct and happening uh, until you wake up. But those experiences can be anything you want. And of course, with this new project that I'm doing, because one of the biggest interests with many people in the dreaming community is how do I influence, control, program my dreams to dream what I want? So the entire website, although wrapped around with the idea of dreaming in video game influences, because as you know, and I've shared the links with you that I enjoy video games and I use that as paint for my canvas of the mind. Uh, using that um, information, my subconscious mind has to process it like it does with long-term memory consolidation and spit it back at me in the dream replay. And yeah, it's like Oculus Rift, but on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) You know, exactly. So I'm curious, could you take us through some of the benefits of becoming more conscious in your dreams and being able to have full control over your dreams? Like what are the benefits to you in the waking life of besides you just being able to experience something that you really want to let, like you really want to experience? Well, there's a lot. I mean, what we've missed in dream research, and this has only been coming out in the last 10 years with fMRI, is that we have a dreaming mind. And people that actively participate in their dream actually develop much more neural pathways and neurons to facilitate the skill of dreaming. But people who have neglected this skill, um, it recedes into atrophy. And it's kind of the same like if you take language development with a child. So if a child isn't stimulated with language as they're growing up and their brain develops, so we have a developmenting brain that's learning and building neural pathways, which I call neural path or learning pathways. 
when they reach about mid-20s, all those pathways and neurons have reached their peak, so they start to harden. And that's why after the age of the mid-20s, people slow down with learning, because now you have to repurpose those pathways and neurons for new skills and tasks. Well, with dreaming, it's the same thing. It's a skill. We have to look at it as a skill, it's something that we learn and we like, you know, playing the piano, everybody can sit in front of a piano, mash the keyboards and make noise. But when you sit down and you apply a skill to it, suddenly you're making beautiful music. And dreams really are nothing more than just a cognitive developing skill. So what are the benefits? Well, if you do look at the research and the studies, people that develop their dreaming mind have higher metacognition, higher brain function, higher levels of creativity. They have um, a lot of mental health benefits because dreams can be used to release stress, anxiety, cope with PSTD, grief, fear. Um, your dreams are really a safe zone to work out problems that are in your waking life being presented to you in a simulation that you can now interact in with your subconscious mind to resolve issues and release those tensions, those patterns, so that you can grow. New things can now take the stage. That's why when people have a reoccurring dream, it's really a presentation of a problem that the subconscious mind's trying to resolve and do away with uh, because none of us live in the past. And, you know, uh, one of a big part of our growth is learning how to learn from the past, but not make it your present and your future. So you're not a prisoner of past experiences and dreams are a great tool for helping you as a coping mechanism. And uh, it, I mean, it works for me. I mean, obviously with COVID that was kind of scary. So I went through, fear replay in my dreams in the beginning because we don't know what's going on to then acceptance and then to resolution and then to an action plan. And the action plan was this website. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. But, uh, so you, you just said something there that's really interesting and I didn't really kind of connect the dot until you actually said it. So you were, you've been talking about how <clears throat> we, you, you talked about how we can change our experiences that we're not living in the past and creating experiences from the past, but so I actually just did a video on this two days ago and uh, where I've been getting these messages that the future is kind of communicating with us right now in this current moment, because just as we can communicate with our past self to help kind of heal the past and change the timelines that we're in now, we can also, our future self could be doing the exact same thing with us right now, trying to, to change, you know, certain outcomes uh, that we may be avoiding or moving away from. And the whole point is, is that you need to engage with the future experiences that you haven't had yet and understand what those feel like and experience them so that you can start creating from that place as opposed to creating from past experiences that you already know. And you just opened my eyes to the idea that we can also obviously do this in our dream state. Absolutely. Well, we've missed what dreams can do for people. When you look I uh, on my website, I have a free course that lists the benefits of dreaming. So we go right deep into all the people that have tapped this resource and had major breakthroughs for science, the arts, music, books, video games, movies. And it's extensive when you dive into what can I use my dreams as a tool for? What's the utility of my dreams? Well, of course, any tool is just a tool. It's the person that chooses to use that tool. And everyone, whether they believe it or not, actually has three to five dreams each night, if not more. But because of uh, underdeveloped atrophic dreaming mind that they haven't learned to bring out of atrophy, they don't remember. And that's just um, so, sort of the things that we go through. So when we, we want to get to this dream place, we have to also rehabilitate our ability to dream because of neglect. You know, it's, it's a skill like that language skill. So if you bring a child back at 25, like we were saying earlier, they will never be able to speak a language fluently because their brain hasn't developed with enough stimulation to develop the proper neural neurons and pathways. But fortunately with dreaming and the dreaming mind, is we have been dreaming all throughout our childhood and slowly turning it off. So all of that's now in an atrophic state and can be rehabilitated back with proper stimulation. Those regions. Speaking of proper stimulation and perhaps removing the wrong kind of stimulation, one of the things that I found is that when I kind of took a digital detox, turned like turned off my phone for a couple of days, didn't engage with my computer for a couple of days. Um, like really kind of put that away. The one thing that was so apparent to me was my dream recall was incredible the next couple of mornings. I, it's like I went through an entire movie reel. Like you say three to five dreams. I knew I had like 10 or 12. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It was, it was so incredible. And it was sometimes, you know, you get these flashes of memories and like little parts. This one was a whole, it was just the whole thing. I could just go through the whole thing 
you know, moment by moment. And uh, what has been your experience with outside influences affecting the ability for us to not just dream, but recall our dreams? Yeah. And again, that's a huge part of my website is influences. And it's also in videos that I've done. Uh, obviously, we dream based on our waking world experience and your mind takes in that information and it has to consolidate it into long-term memory. That's one of the big functions of dreaming is memory consolidation. But what will happen is your subconscious mind interprets experience in the replay, which is the dream. And that replay is known as episodic, semantic, spatial, and sensory replay. And obviously there's temporal replay as well because we get a sense of time while we're there. Um, so now I'm kind of lost myself in my point, but um, the influences are really important. So that's what I'm teaching people in terms of dream programming. So we work with the source material and it can be anything you want. So a video game, a movie, and some people are just using nature. Um, before they go to bed, they work on a period of influencing themselves by that medium and then it comes back in the replay. And it's the first time that several of these people have ever programmed a dream or seen that influence now emerge as dream content. So obviously if you're not monitoring your influences and you're moving into things like watch a horror movie, you're probably gonna have nightmares or sit there and listen to the news and get that fear replay happening. Well, there's a lot of damage that's being done by fear that people don't understand um, and we can get into that. So if you're now developing fear, it's going to come back in your subconscious mind because it wants to resolve the fear. It wants to release the feelings, the tones that come and emerge from our body and release you from it. So you'll start dreaming about COVID dreams. You'll start dreaming about the problems in the world, but they're all just influences that you're bringing into your attention that are ultimately going to, you know, shape the content of your dreams. Yeah. So as much as like, it's kind of like um, your, what's your mental than visual diet consists of. You know? right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we, we look at a you know, mirror, we look in the mirror in the, in the day and we see ourself here. But when we look at dreams as a mirror, we see our mind. You know, we see those influences, we see our experiences. And some people don't like looking in that mirror because growing up, they've had traumatic childhood experiences. They've been programmed by fear. Maybe the a belief system was just nothing but fear, 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 fear. And why it's really important to understand what fear does is that it creates a pattern. If you study, study the psychology behind fear, when people go from just having a fear to a phobia to a psychosis or from a nightmare to a night terror, um, it's because we're wiring our brain just the same way we're wiring for any skill and it deepens until it becomes hardwired as something that they keep replaying. And also there's, there's uh, problems that develop for our cognitive development. The, uh, amygdala, which is the part that starts the whole fight and flight, um, it starts to enlarge because of um, hormones that are released, adrenaline and cortisol. And these hormones are harmful on the body if there's too much being released all the time. So it starts to actually shrink your hippocampus, which is your long-term memory. So you start to have long-term memory loss. And it also affects the development of your prefrontal cortex, which is all your reason, self-awareness, creativity, imagination, which starts to lead to depression, you know, and in extreme cases, you know, that's where you can start seeing psychological breaks in people, you know, if it gets too severe. So there's a reason why the mind is creating a nightmare. It's to resolve it before it gets that bad. But, oh, uh, very interesting. I didn't even see it from that point of view. That's really but interesting. I covered that in my um, Overcoming Fear and Nightmares. It's a really, really good course because, I mean, it's an advanced course because I have three other courses leading up to it, but it covers all of this, the physiological response to dreaming. So there's two major physiological responses we can get from certain emotions, and one of them is going to be fear, and of course the other one is going to be um, sexual arousal because the body will respond to that from you know, you know, a highly erotic dream, which is, mm -hmm. we all go through that, right? So those are your two most dominant physiologically responding dreams. And then after that, you can get into dreams that now produce joy and happiness. And those have positive effects on our body. Um, it's just now that we're understanding that the neurochemicals and hormones that we release affect our physical development and our neurological development. And there's literally millions of combinations of feelings and things that run through our body, but some actually have a bad effect and others have a good effect. And so when we dwell in the negative, if you're a negative person and you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, which is very common, um, you're building up a charge in your body that's releasing a lot of the hormones that will actually be harmful for your long-term growth. That'll start getting you into the atrophic dreaming mind or, and uh, moving in ways where you maybe don't want to be so spicy in your life 
unhappy, you know, all those things. But when you get into the positive frame of mind, that's where you have that zest for life and you want to do things, you're motivated, you feel good about yourself. So I get into reprogramming those influences in that part of the course, because I think it's very important to understand the neuroscience, the neurochemistry and the behavioral psychology of dreaming. I try to cover that as much as I can. Okay. I'm curious, what is your take on, or what insight do you have to share about dreams? Um, I mean, there's so many different things that dreams can be, I feel like. Uh, How do you know if it's a dream that's maybe something that's communicating to you from the past? Maybe it's a communication from the future, um, precognitive. Uh, Like, how do you, how do you separate that or know like what it is? That you're dreaming well for for the big you know when you dive into your dreams and you understand that you're you have all this information that's being processed and this information spans a spectrum right so depending on a person's development they'll be in different points in the spectrum um when you get into things well you know a good example you were talking about your memory dream where you had that that big um replay there um, I was actually talking to a person who's 77 years old, you know, and we had just met, he's my neighbor, and we started talking about dreams. I started talking about the benefits of memory, and he was having problems with his short-term memory, and very concerned, and he, plus he doesn't dream, right? So I got into a conversation saying, well, your dreams can actually replay, you know, past memories showing you that you still have them, they're still part of your subconscious database. And he found that very fascinating, and so it planted a seed. So about two months later, I talked to him, and he starts opening up, up that he's going, wow, I'm having these amazing dreams. And I'm reliving past experiences as if real from my waking life. He goes, how's my mind doing that? So we got into it. But you see, go back two months. He probably doesn't remember the conversation, but the seed kind of got planted. And and it was like his subconscious mind said, yeah, he's right. Check these out. These are all your stored experiences. Don't worry about it because he's worrying about his short-term memories, worrying about losing these, these rich memories. So now he's on my site and checking it out because it's like, wow, this is having a huge impact in my life already. And I haven't even taken the course. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that at 77, he's like exploring something new. Like just oh, he's, he's like a kid. Yeah. This guy's lit. He's like a kid in the candy store now. It's like. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, okay. So I, I would think that if you are reliving like past memories and they're starting to come through, that's understandable. How about like future? Um, Those could be very difficult because, again, our future is a probability distribution mm-hmm. into understanding that. So we can go in a fractal tree of probability when we dream. So these different probable events that are shaping our future, some will have a really high probability of happening and others will have a degrading probability. So when you get into that, they usually tend to be ultra-realistic. They'll come back as real as your waking life from your perspective, assuming there's no distortion. And distortion comes from, again, a lot of the the stuff that underdeveloped cognitive dreamers will have. Um, and that's when it gets all mixed up. But when it comes literal and it becomes very clear, um, usually you just can kind of know because um, it's encoded by your feelings. You know, you can have a sense of deja vu in that dream. You know, you start going through the process of coming into realizing even in the dream that, hey, this is like deja vu. So there's certain key notes that do pop up that if you get good at looking for them that can surface that can give you an indicator and also they're super real i mean and you can't change them it's very they're very difficult they're the one dream that i find very difficult to influence and change is if they're in that particular band or focus state oh really like the ones that are the ones that could be future probable or yeah they're very very resistant to influencing like we would do say a subjective dream where you're now fully in control of your dream content and that takes place on a different band or focus state in that spectrum what's the difference in in band um state oh there are lots i mean there's um as you know you know we have a complex psychology and so some bands can deal with our fears our desires our fantasies so some of them are, some are just working out you know the emotional level of our self right and then there's the intellectual part of ourself our problem solving and, and the, that kind of stuff all that in these bands kind of express themselves and then you start getting into these we'll say the not so common bands for people because they're at a um, much higher functioning level of our consciousness than we're used to. And that's when we start getting into the anomalous cognition, the precognition, shared dreams and things that, you know, right now science is like, that's woo, but mm. it's actually getting more attention because we're starting to see studies that show replay in the hippocampus of rats that show them um, now that they're understanding state cells, uh, replaying what could be possibly 
things that they're doing in the future because it'll come back again that pattern when they measure it so there's some some potential science that could lead into supporting that as an actual now for the science people that are in denial because they've never had it you know as you know with dreams it's because one person can't do it they think everybody can't do it bias right and that we suffer a lot of that in the dream community it's the people that don't do it and they're biased based on their beliefs and lack of experience yeah yeah i i mean that's unfortunately the the result of beliefs beliefs are a lot formed by our experiences or things that are programmed into us and if you're really resistant to a program and and allowing it to come in then it's never going to be an opportunity for you to experience that's right absolutely because your subconscious mind listens to you Mm -hmm. so if you're a person that thinks my dreams suck and they're stupid and silly well guess what when you go to sleep your subconscious mind goes he wants sucky stupid silly dreams poof (laughs) There you go. That's what you expect. Those are your expectations. What does a stupid, sucky dream look like? <laughs> well, I can only say that I can only go back to my early childhood to find those ones because they, once you start getting skilled in the art of dreaming, they're not, they never are. They become very coherent, literal stories and narratives and experiences. They, mm-hmm. the, the noise is what I call it. So when you have a noisy dream, that can be like, oh, I have to really dig back because it's been such a long time. So what was my most suckiest dream? And it's going to be a bit creepy. Okay, I was at a mall and, you know, I must have been about 14 and there was an orange Julius. And in the orange Julius, instead of ribs, they were serving human cadaver. There you go. That's oh. sucky. I know, right? So you don't want to dream that. That's kind of the wildness of your subconscious mind. Wow. Yeah. You got to clean that stuff up. Unfortunately, <laughs> some people, that's what they dream because they don't understand that that influence is probably coming from while I was watching horror movies and, and things like that. And, and those things kind of surfaced in my dream as well. So, but as you start to understand influence from waking life experience, replaying in your dreams, it gets very easy to start to monitor and control those influences. And by doing that, you're going to have a much healthier, richer dream life because um, you start taking the influence you want to experience. And that's very big in my course. Um, you know, like I always teach people, look, you close your eyes, that's the canvas of your mind. You're an artist, you're a dreamer. You're going to paint that canvas with your thoughts, your experiences, your emotions, your beliefs. So choose those wisely. You know, what are you going to paint tonight? What is that choice that you're making when you engage that canvas as you fall asleep? And now, like I say, the students that have completed the first course, they're painting it with, well, one wanted to have her puppy dog in her dream, and now she has had that. And another one was just a beautiful lake. And so some are taking that, and others have been like, well, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, <laughs> The Last of Us 2 just came out, which is a zombie game. Well, some person oh, is yeah, able no. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so some are doing the video game part of it. But the whole website isn't all about choosing, you know, I mean, I do Star Wars, and, and I've done so, like, even Bionic Man, I remember going back to my childhood and dreaming and you know, like Mickey Mouse and Mighty Mouse, of course, and showing my age. But, you know, I've always noticed those influences because yeah. I've always been a pretty big dream participant. And that's what kept me interested in dreaming was the entertaining and fun element of it. So I went back to my roots and said, this is what this website is. Fun, entertainment, and also mental health development, cognitive rehabilitation, and getting rid of all the influences so that you are your artist of your dreams and nobody else. Okay. I, I, wanna, I definitely want to get into that. Um, before we get into that, though, I'm just curious uh, because we, we, when we touched on this in the beginning, when you, when you opened up about how our dream state can help create our reality for new, to, so that we can have those similar experiences um, in this current time. So how influential is the dreamscape to experience, like, for instance, experiencing future outcomes that you desire in the dream state how is that too influential is that to shaping your current reality now to happening well that's a tough one because while we're working in that as an individual we have other people that are also doing similar so there is kind of a fabric of us working together and some with the better interests of each other and some that are actually in the interest of destroying us. So we have influences that are connected by our, because we we're actually a unified field of self-awareness, like an awareness fractal. So we're all interconnected. We're all you know, part of this world. We're part of a larger oneness that people talk about, like we all come from oneness. And so when we're making our effort to change our life, we can have what I can call the crabs in the bucket that are trying to pull us away from that, right? So it's really a issue of, 
how our current state is, and if you understand how these influences are working, there's a lot of fear being utilized to keep people afraid and antisocial, and we have a real dangerous um, cultural style revolution taking place as well with divisive hate culture, where people now are getting into labeling and saying a person is a label. You know, and that's very dangerous when you come from the perspective of unity and oneness and love to go to divisiveness, hate, and judgment. And like I said, if you really understand the spiritual consequences of these things, what we do to others here, we ultimately do to ourselves. That's the, you know, people don't get to understand that because their consciousness hasn't gone through enough processing to catch on to the fact that, you know, this isn't our only show. We're much bigger as this entity of the self than just our waking self. So there, there is, you know, the good and the bad, and I kind of get into that too. I call it valence, right? You know, we have this whole science of understanding good, bad, benefit, consequence in the choices that we make and their impact on ourselves and the impact on other people. But when you get into hate and fear and ego and selfishness, those are the destructive forces that people are creating with, along with you going, okay, but I want this positive result. I want this positive thing. So it's, it's just an issue of, you know, really trying to spike the probability um, with your intent as best as you can to try to move away from those negative influences. But that's tough to do in the way our world is being structured right now. We're seeing a, what I always have called the war on consciousness that's been taking place that people have been very blind to since basically Joseph Goebbels in World War II. That's where they've started working on, you know, manipulating the subconscious and doing these types of programs to create people to be, you know, uh, full of hate and full of, you know, this kind of stuff, but love, that's the, that's the golden ticket. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, you know, from what I've studied with like the different levels of consciousness and how powerful we are, that as you move through different frequencies of consciousness um, to really powerful ones, such as peace and joy, mm-hmm. um, uh, that you have the ability to shift the, so you have the ability to shift the reality um, in an algorithmic way that is so much more powerful than anyone in a, say, a destructive level of consciousness. So if you're in, say, I believe it's peace, um, which is the, the level 600, if you're operating from that state, and I guess if you were to maybe become really conscious in the dream state and really wish to have a very peaceful dream state through experiencing an outcome that you really enjoy, that that would counterbalance, I believe it's well over 10 million people in destructive consciousness. So the higher we are in our own frequency range of consciousness and for longer periods of time, we have that ability to shift things. It's just a matter of us actually doing it and staying in that frequency for longer periods of time. Yeah, well, and it would also very much help out if these people that are in this destructive lower consciousness knew that there's consequence and they're going to pay for it and they really will. There's no escaping that when it comes to time. Yeah, and do. I think that's one of the problems with what we're seeing right now is that no one wants to have consequence. You know, there's, yeah. there's been a, um, a culture around, um, there is no consequence to my action. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> that's not how the universe works. <laughs> Those are not the laws of the universe. Um, so, okay. So take us through then uh, your gaming, your new dreaming for gamers.com website that you've got. What are some of the basics that you kind of, that you could share with uh, my audience on how to start developing their ability to be more in control of their dream and to shape it into what they wish? Absolutely. And it's surprisingly very simple to do. I'm noticing now that we've had about nine students that have been engaging the material, working with the routine, because that's very important when you're trying to stimulate the atrophic centers of your mind. Um, So they're finding now, like some for the very first time in 30 years of dreaming, that they actually program their dreams. Um, So my courses are structured first with memory, because that's the number one. Like, there's no point moving forward in any kind of dream practice if you're not dealing with the ability to recall your dreams. That's the the first thing that's creating just blankness when you sleep at night. So the first course, I made it free at seven days, but it's all designed to stimulate the regions of your mind that have gone into atrophy that deal with memory, because it's not, you know, it's not a magic trick. You know, a lot of people treat dreams like, well, it's just going to happen. It's magic. No, there's a neurological process of cognitive development that needs to be there. The engine of your brain needs to have that information and that stimulation. So 
they're finding like, well, I don't dream of suddenly having two dreams to four dreams by the end of the course. And also that they're finding, oh, look, I can now see how my waking world's influencing my dream content and um, how quickly that came. You know, so the next course that I have is about your ability to see and perceive in the dream state because that's the next thing people struggle with. I don't get to taste in my dreams. I don't get to smell, you know, or I only get to see fuzzy pictures, right? Well, those are all states of cognitive atrophy with perception. And what we know from neuroscience, and again, I wrote about this back in 1998 with my cognitive mapping technique was to deal with cognitive atrophy with sensory regions because it was just self-evident back then. And then in 2010, I wrote and I said, I suspected that our sensory regions of the brain are being used to facilitate our senses in the dream. And then finally, by 2018, there was an fMRI study that showed that, yes, our sensory regions are repurposing themselves for our dreaming ability. But it's common sense and obvious, but now we have science to back that up that we didn't have before. 2018, they finally figured it out. Yeah, you know, and, you know, they finally figured out, yeah, what we see in our external world is coming back in our dream as replay. Well, you know, there's been a lot of this mystery with Hobson and all the other people that say dreams are just noise or meaningless, but, you know, um, we've moved a lot further ahead scientifically in dreams and it's time to stop being babies about it with the academic people that are attacking it. But I think there's, a, there's also another reason there. It's always the academics. <laughs> there's a lot more there than people realize. I won't get into it, but you know, let's just say that it's not like certain people who don't know this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, okay. So dream recall. So make, making a conscious effort to recall your dreams is the first important step. Yeah. But there's also ways that you can now start to address because if being repurposed, right? So in the day you can also do exercises for memory recall, but you have to kind of, and this is the trick to work with your subconscious is to get it in the sense of the dream. So they put that importance of dreaming as now saying to yourself, look, this is now important to me. I'm working on developing the skill i'm working at being a participant in my own dreams you know because you're having them anyways i mean it's just uh and then your mind because you're stimulating those neural pathways and those neurons it starts to use them they start to light up they start to respond and they start to now become developed so we work with that memory first and you know so the students going through it know that this is really what we're doing with these practices of writing our dreams down in the morning going through dream replay memory in the morning but also doing it in the beginning before we go to sleep with the source material sitting there and remembering that as well because all of this active memory is causing stimulation in those regions of your brain which are naturally going to bring it out of atrophy and that's why a course like that is effective and works that's just understanding the neuroscience and the psychology of dream memory and then it'll be the same with perception so people now are you know starting to experience a higher fidelity in their dream state that they've never seen before well i see more details i see i can actually see textures that i couldn't see before you know, so it starts to improve. And the reason why it's not magic, it's a skill you're developing, like playing the piano. You know, you're starting to learn how to play a few keys, you know, and your dreams are starting to respond to this new direction of skill that you're applying to it. And the last one is awareness. And that's where you're trying to get is being conscious. And that too is atrophic. And that's your sense of self, your sense of logic, your sense of reason. Same thing. No different than any other memory or sense. You develop it by stimulating it over and over again so that the neurons and Neural pathways are stimulated and start to strengthen. You're exercising your dreaming mind. Wow, that's really interesting. You said something there that really kind of stimulated. One of the things that has helped me develop my own intuitive abilities visually when I'm in, say, meditation or something like that, and I'm working with things, is I really pay attention to the textures of everything around me visually. Like I really kind of hone in on. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like the smells, the textures, all of the fine details that bring anything into more life, uh, more makes it more real. And part of that is I think we've been programmed to just be completely unaware of a lot of the details, just kind of get the gist of it, you know, <laughs> like the details don't matter. And I can see how that would be important in your dream state or at least help you too, like even in your waking state to really start paying attention to the details in your waking state so that you can pay attention to the details in your dream state. Absolutely. And I teach that with my cognitive mapping exercises. And like when we're here, what I'm teaching my students is, so you need to have paint for your canvas. Well, what's the paint that we're getting? It's experience, right? And it's sensory experience. So if you're only paying attention to just the visual part of your experience, that's going to dominate in the dream state. 
But if you rewind a bit and start paying attention to the, you know, if you're drinking wine, but really know how to smell the notes, you know, take time to smell that flower. Well, you're going to start noticing by stimulating that um, with the intent to dream it over time. I'm not saying it would happen right away. Scent, the sense of smell will start to emerge out of atrophy in your dreams. Now you can smell, you know, and um, it really is the art of stimulation and you need data, collecting data while you're awake. You know, um, your, your mind needs that data because it's storing those senses of smell in the olfactory region. It's, it's storing notes and sounds and in all the different regions of the brain that deal with our senses. So it needs data. You know, your subconscious mind uses data to paint the dreams and that data is experienced. But of course, what's cool about it when you get really more up to the next level is that now the data that you can get that you're storing are dream experiences that aren't based on waking world influences and are coming from yourself at a higher state of consciousness. And that's where you start getting into some really interesting dream exploration. Okay, so this is so interesting. Um, I'm going to have all these questions for you that I just kind of want to bounce off you here. So is there a correlation at all that you've come across between having more control, conscious control in your dreams and increasing the lucidity of your dreams uh, to age reversal in this body? That I don't know um, because, and this is something for me, and I write about it is, as we know, when we sleep, if we're atrophic dreamers and amnesia, we lose, you know, 30% of our conscious potential that we can have as experience, you know, like, and we know there's a battery and, you know, we have a beginning and we have an end. There's like going to be that we're traveling at the speed of life and there's a sudden stop at the end. So, and this goes way back to my beginnings when I started noticing that I could be self-aware in a dream I was like, wow, this is just like being alive. This is giving me time. This is giving me experience. So I felt like I was gaining time and I thought, well, that's all we are is time. Our experiences are finding us in time. So I used lucid dreaming to cultivate time. And I, you know, I write about that time cultivation by just being self-aware and you can now extend time and whatnot. So instead of losing 30% of your potential as you to have experience, you're gaining and recovering that back from your dream state. So I've added 10 years and that's a very small estimate. I, I'm just making that more acceptable, but it's much, much bigger than that. But yeah. You know, if I say, say what it really is. I, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't understand, not yet, until they do it themselves. So there's certain things that in this direct experience of dreaming, especially with people that are at a kindergarten level, so to speak, where they haven't really dealt with it yet and they need to go to school and they need to now start graduating and leveling up. You know, level up your dreamer. Yeah, because I would think that like, um, if you're now using areas of your body that you're not using all the time and you're not allowing the atrophy to happen because when i just when i just think about life in general if something's not growing it's dying <laughs> right so if you're growing something then to me at the very least you'd be slowing the aging process down of the body because you're working certain cells in your body that perhaps, you know, we tend to lose because we don't use them as often. Um, for instance, like just as simple as memory recall memory and it's the hippocampus that you said is That's the right. memory, right? So the hip yeah. So, um, helping to like work that, like everything's very much like a muscle in a sense. Right. But when I just think about the nerve, like the nerve stimulation and firing that the more something's firing and working, it's, more of like a well-oiled machine and functions yeah, a lot easier. That's what we're doing on my website. It's a, you know, it's a dreaming for gamers site, but it's a cognitive rehabilitation site for trophic dreamers. You know, That's incredible. You, and the thing is, the other thing too is like, if you don't tend your garden, it's going to grow what? Weeds. There you got it. So we're going to have a lot of atrophic weeders that are going to come to the website and start to develop their garden. Wow. Going to grow. Okay. Now here's another question. Um, on my last week's episode, um, I had Patricia on and she was talking about how she was really starting to understand the power of the mind and what you believe. Um, and, and, you know, the mind doesn't know the difference between real and not real. It's everything that's thought is, is reality to it. And so she tried, she tried, she tested that out on herself and she, um, she, envisioned herself like working out really hard for like a really like, just having the most intense workout and then the next morning she woke up and she had muscle soreness <laughs> in yeah, her body 
I've heard of that. I haven't tried it myself, but uh, I know when I've been in certain classes, they teach stuff like that. And they do it with athletes to do basically simulations of their activity, which I do think because any repeat process is learning, right? Anytime we want to practice and develop a skill, we have to replay, 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 because that's developing and shaping our mind to accommodate that skill, right? So you're absolutely right. And I would need to see results myself because I'm sedentary. I work in a computer desk. And I, <laughs> I'm doing 20-hour days right now uh, with my project, so I'm sleeping four hours, even still dreaming, but still not as nice as I'd like to be. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've personally, and I'm, I'm curious if you've experienced this, because I personally experience where I've um, been active in a certain way and experienced muscle soreness, the next like where I maybe have pulled a muscle or something that happened in my dream. It wasn't something that I actually did in this physical reality. And so, and then I have a pulled muscle for a couple of days because of something I did in my dream. Well, there, there, we do know there's a physiological response in our body to some dreams. They tend to be because they're highly charged with emotionality, you know, and that again, nightmares and you know, the fun dreams, the ones that can wake up in the morning and with a smile, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, that might, so be, there, the one I, that might be the one I'm talking about right now. So, so there is, there are dreams where your body connects to the, uh, because you remember the dreams are utilizing what your body has as a resource as part of the information processing, right? So it's drawing upon data banks and data banks, stored in your subconscious that span your whole lifetime, right? And utilizing that paint to construct the dream state for you. So uh, the more emotionality you bring into a dream, the more your physical body seems to respond to the emotions. So emotions have a very powerful impact on, because they, they trigger, um, you know, when we look at fear and nightmares, you're triggering the same fight and flight response that you would have if you were awake, going through the same process of elevation and sweating and, and you know, release of adrenaline, release of cortisol. So the limbic system's actually firing up in a nightmare causing your body to think it's under attack, right? And that's why some people can progress to the night terror where, you know, this finally short circuit and uh, go into that panic attack and come with it. So, you know, the neuro, neuroscience behind dreaming is something that I've been studying a lot because it's very fascinating that there's a link between neuroscience and neurochemistry and our body and our dreams. And that's something that we see in those two cases. But I also think when it comes into positive thinking, positive ideas, positive dreams, that the same health benefits we get from positive thinking on our body. And that's been studied that it shows that we can have a better immune system, you know, less stress, all these wonderful things with just positive thinking. Mm -hmm. um, so why not positive dreaming and really amp it up? Because we know that intensity that it'll put you through that workout. Right? Yeah. And well, I say, I remember I had a dream once um, a few years ago where I was kind of hanging off of a balcony, trying to pull myself up and someone was trying to pull me down and, when I woke up in the morning, I had fingerprint bruises on my calf muscle, like, you know, from where the person was holding me. And it's, it's just incredible how much gets imprinted into this reality from our dream state. Yeah, well, like I said, the, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal way that we are affecting our bodies all the time with our thoughts and dreams are just thoughts. And of course, emotions and feelings are very important in that as well. You know, and so if you have a highly charged emotional dream, you know, as you get good in developing your skill as a dreamer, you start to disconnect from the limbic system. So your body doesn't tend to respond anymore to the, to the stimulation of the dream. But that, again, is acquired through skill practice until you learn how to calm down, how to relax, and how to not invoke such strong emotions mm -hmm. and then a strong emotional response to any kind of stimulation, right? What are your thoughts on... Um, the dream state also being used to enter other timelines um, to do work? Well, I think, you know, when, when I look at things that I've experienced, as you know, we talk about the 2014 dream about dying in a truck accident with, you know, being hit by a truck with my daughter. Well, here I am today because of that dream. You know, um, I do think, at an unconscious level, for the most part, maybe people are. And as to what we can do at a conscious level, um, you know, I'm still exploring that myself. I don't, I, I see such potential for, for all sorts of good things, all sorts of benefits for humanity um, that are being kind of overshadowed by um, negative think, the negative, the anti-self, you know, the shadow self that's at play and all that in our culture, the crabs in the bucket.
holding yeah. people back, you know? And here I am and I'm trying to say, look, you know, I always started at the end of the rabbit hole and now I'm taking everyone to the very start of the rabbit hole. Yeah. So, okay, you don't want to meet me way up there. Let's just take you all through the evolutionary process that you can go through in skill development. Now, what can you do? How do we help each other? I don't I, know. I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. And I only say that, I ask that because quite a few people, myself included, with the child sex trafficking really coming more into the light and people really wanting to bring light to that so that people who are have no idea that it's going on, uh, a lot of, I've received so many emails or comments from people that they're experiencing being in tunnels, saving children, being um, I, like even just a few nights ago, I had a dream that I was in Bali in a pedophile's house undercover and I was telepathically communicating with one of the children being brought to the home that was just bought. And, and it's, you know, part of that I can see obviously is shaped from the content that we engage in, yes. in this reality. I, I completely understand that. I was just curious to, you know, one of the, the messages that was downloaded into me is that part of it is, is that we're doing some at least healing work in that area um, through the dream state of using our consciousness to go in and heal and bring light to that. Yeah, I myself, I wasn't aware until Epstein was brought to light how bad it was. I didn't, and I think in our collective group of people, we, you know, people that actually care about their kids to find that this has been going on and what they've done. I don't think the public is still informed as to how bad it really is. Um, you have to really dive down that uh, ugly rabbit hole. And I mean, like, even for myself, having to, you know, because the internet's so full of information. So you see something like, well, who's this guy on TV called Epstein? Of course, you want to find some information out because that was really bad. And, and then you find the absolute horror of it. And then you find all the people connected to it. And it's like, hey, these are people that I respected. I, I really like this person. I thought they were a decent human being. And you're finding out they're an absolute monster. They're a monster. They're not good. They're this wolf in sheep's clothing doing terrible things to children and terrible things to their audience. You know, the people that are involved all throughout politics and media, I mean, this Sepstein thing, you know, it, it is shocking. It's just shocking. Um, and of course, mm -hmm. I try to stay away from it. I went into it, I ended up having a dream with Epstein in it. Well, why? Because I read about Epstein. And of course, I was angry. I was mad at this person, right? Because anybody that would be, would be. But uh, yeah, that's a very dark part that... Again, why are people having those dreams now? Same thing. The influence is out there. The information is out there. So you're going to it. Sort of like when anything in the media that presents an idea that's new, people will dream about it. When aliens were first, you know, sort of talked about in the media, suddenly people were having a lot of alien dreams. We are influenced by information and our dreams respond by, doesn't care, the subconscious mind. Like I'm, I'm getting people to dream in video games. The subconscious mind doesn't care about the data. It just needs to process it as experience. So... Yeah. Influences are so important. Yeah, the influences are very important. And that just goes again back full circle as to what you were talking about of really isolating what influences are hampering your dreams. Experience dream state lucid dreamers could... filter. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm curious, uh, because you've you said your dream world has been incredibly amazing with COVID-19 starting and all of that and having the time to like just go and do whatever you want. Have you had any precognitive dreams come through this time that have happened already in this reality or have you has there anything that really comes to mind that you'd want to share with the audience well um i'm trying not to first feed the fear of the covid thing so i'm trying like the best as i can to try to move to a safe probability away from it whether or not they can be successful but um i started picking up in november that there was some change taking place that was uh, bothering me and i was driving and i couldn't quite put my finger on it and you know, I was very positive because I was working on this website back in November leading up to January. And, you know, here I am in my higher state of consciousness having a wonderful time. And all of a sudden, wham, here's this mass event taking place. And now mass events are very challenging because mass events like war, mass events like famine, mass events like economic collapse. Um, doesn't matter how skilled you are if you're not prepared in that mass event. It's going to affect all of us. Um, what's happening right now that's shaping our world with these lockdowns, the... Um, food shortage that people aren't aware of, the supply disruption over the long term. Like we're seeing it slowly reach a point where it's going to be very hard. Like this crime against humanity that's taking place is um, coming back to an era of what we've seen during, you know, a Maoist, uh, Stalinistic, a Hitler event. Uh, people better get their heads out of who they trust in this world and stop feeding those people money and support because they're going to kill them 
seeing that already in many countries. There's a globalist cabal that's being exposed that are so scared of losing this delusion of power that they're willing to kill us all to keep it. Amen to that, in a sense of people really need to get their head out of who they're supporting um, blindly. And the, one of the benefits I think to the virus happening is that I think so many people have started to awaken yes. to what's really going on, which is, which well, you been, better wake up fast. <laughs> yeah, I know like this awakening needs to happen fast, which is kind of one of the reasons why me, I'm actually trying to put together um, some information about the child sex trafficking and what's kind of really going on to put out on my channel as um, a red pill to people uh, who have no idea that this is even going on. And it's just, it's interesting because there's so much outrage right now. <laughs> People are outraged at statues and, and outraged at, you know, signs and outraged at like businesses. And they have no idea sure. if, if, if their outrage, if they could really channel their outrage into something that really deserves it. <laughs> Well, you know, a useful idiot's a useful idiot when it comes to politics. And if people lose their history, they won't remember. We've gone through this before. History mm -hmm. is repeating. Mm -hmm. We've seen the Bolshevik Revolution. We've seen the Red Famine. We've seen the killing fields. This is part of our darker side of this world. Earth has a history and a dark side, but it's only driven by dark people, you know, and those people tend to think, you know, like, how did it work out, Hitler? Oh, you're dead. How did it work out, Pol Pot? You're dead. Now we're left cleaning up the mess. That's what these people bring to our world when they come here and think there's no responsibility for their selfishness and greed. But there is, because unfortunately in the system, what you do to others, you do to yourself. And I've seen it when we want to get into, you know, I remember existing for this life. I took a bullet in the head to wake me up in this lifetime. We talked about that. On, yeah. And uh, as much as people don't accept that or want to believe that, I know. I mean, I came into this lifetime not wanting to come back here. Yeah. Not complaining that I'm back. I mean, I do like it <laughs> because there's wonderful people here. It's a beautiful world. It's rich in such history and beauty. I don't want to see it destroyed. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm okay if I die, I'm still going to exist, but there's a lot of people that aren't ready. You know, they're not ready to stop their learning and their sharing of time with their friends and family and their animals. And stuff like mm -hmm. that. So the, the need to come back to love, you know, as a global community has never been greater in our history. So you saw this kind of mass event in some way, like COVID happening in November. Yeah. Wow. Have you seen anything lately? <laughs> I'm trying to avoid going there. Okay, because you don't want to necessarily <laughs> I don't want to scare. I don't want to scare the audience of what <laughs> okay. I've seen and what I'm trying to work against in my own perceptions of time right now. Okay. But yeah, there's a, there's, because everything's probability and for sure, sure. we've been through these crises before, like, you know, during, the Cuban Missile Crisis, even though that didn't happen in this timeline, I guarantee you in a probability it did, you know, so we are moving collectively in this fabric of, you know, because we are all interconnected. This is a tough thing that people have to, you know, one day if they come into moving out of the ego of me and coming into us, you know, that's there. Some just do it naturally because they're loving, they're kind to their family, they're kind to their kids, they, they live with really good intentions. Mm -hmm. Not everybody here does. And again, we say there's no consequence. Well, you know, talk to a person who's going through consequence that reality itself is putting them through that are suffering from challenge. This world does punish. You know, you can get into a lifetime that can be a living hell. And there's plenty of those in the history of Earth that people who victimize others become the victims in the next. And work out that karma. And a lot of people are karma. So you have to stop with the hate with the selfishness come back yeah. to love mm -hmm. at some point in your sojourn mm -hmm. here on earth that love part of it's part of your strategy plan for optimizing you know strategy plan for making it better so you know coming up with anything that comes outside of love as yeah. an influence get rid of it stay focused on the love yeah i think that's so important right now because it's so easy to get sucked into the, the fear, fear. And, and that's ultimately what they want. They, that's why the media is pumping it out 24 seven. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's so that we can engage in the timelines that they wish for us to yeah. engage in. Now you can go out and kill your neighbor because you've been socialized to think that, that your neighbor based on a label mm -hmm. is a bad person. And we've seen that in cultural revolutions before. Now you can go out and be, oh, there's an invisible boogeyman. Your neighbor might have it. Well, let's just kill him. Yeah. You know, also put him in a quarantine camp and never be returned. If you look at Michael Ryan saying, well, now we have to go into homes of families and remove family members that have COVID. This is fascist, Stalinistic 
Hitler, Maoist, communism. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Trump got rid of the WHO? Why do you think he defunded it? It didn't do that because they were doing a good job. He didn't, <laughs> you know, he knows what's up. He knows what these people are trying to play right now. Are they going to succeed if we let them, if we're all staying uneducated in a sense of ignorance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, evil men succeed where good men do nothing. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to be active in many ways that we're trying to expose something that's trying to stay hidden. And the only way that we can expose it is if we're willing to expose anything within our own reality that we can expose, including all the shadows that we harbor within ourselves. And, and, you know, just don't be that participant, that useful idiot that's following an order, dragging a family out of their house. Mm -hmm. Like we did back during world war II with the Nazis Mm -hmm. under the context of some idea that there's an invisible threat. How easy it is to manipulate people through information, right? Well, you know, and I, it's, it's one thing was made very clear to me um, on the weekend. I was talking to a friend and he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand exactly like what the big deal is, you know, for instance, well, so we got to wear masks right now. What's the big deal, you know, or like, oh, what if they, what if they like track us, you know, like I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not saying anything wrong. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the wrong mentality to be having. And this is exactly why we go into this, this downward spiral of humanity to get to the point where we lose all the freedoms and liberties that we fought for is because of this very mentality that seems to really have taken root in people like, and this is a very smart person. I consider this person quite intelligent and, you know, it's a a person's a good person, but you know, not realizing it's the naivety and it's also the misinformation and not understanding how one consequence leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And it's just like, if you don't stop it now, it's a slippery slope and you're not going to like where this ends up. I cover that in my Overcoming Fear and Nightmares about the snowball or domino effect of one choice, one choice, mm-hmm. and the consequences that can cascade from that bad choice. Yeah. And why valence is so important when you're making any choice, either for benefit or for consequence. So that's an important chapter, but hopefully people will have time to get through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, and that's, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it is important. I think we're at a point now where we have to be very, very conscious of all of our choices. Absolutely. And every action that we take, because um, it's an imprint. It's an imprint into the reality that concretes it that much more. So yeah. make it for the good. Make it for liberty, for freedom, for... For the uh, benefit know, of each other. Yeah, exactly. Bringing light to... Bringing truth to, to the light. So, yeah. well, you know, it was so great to have you back on the show. I didn't um, expect us to get deep, but hey, there's, deep, there's really some serious stuff happening right now. And I yeah. think we are trying to all come to the understanding of what lies in our future because there's a lot of uncertainty right now. So it is a healthy discussion. And, you know, that's part of the journey of being human is to start getting comfortable in the uncertainty. That's right. (laughs) And like I said, I mean, when you really see the big picture of yourself, you know, when you really come into the knowing of your true self and you see that you've been invested in this reality for a very long time, the fear of death is only part of your programming now. Because mm. people tell you it's bad, it's awful. It's just a part, natural part that billions and billions of life forms go through all the time. Death and rebirth is not scary. It's the fear about it that's scary. Yeah. yeah. So we should never live in fear of death and we should never live in fear of fear. We should always live in that place of, like you say, love and peace. And, you know, it's wisdom. You know, you know, I mean, the fear of dying from COVID and we see, you know, hasn't been too bad, but people driving in their vehicles, cardiovascular diseases, all sorts of things. You know, the world goes through mass events. We've seen it with, you know, um, tsunamis suddenly hitting an island and 200,000 people sadly died. Mm-hmm. I mean, Earth has its history of tragedy, and we're part of that history. And, you know, anytime we can't look at death as a tragedy at some point in some person's life, because most people, when they pass on, that was their time, and they would rather be celebrated for their life, their memories that they've shared, and all those kind of things. So the dark negative part of us has to kind of be put in check and Carl Jung called it the shadow self and it's the anti-self. Yeah. Anybody who practices what I practice knows not to engage that part of the self, engage the part that's love. Yeah, exactly. It's- exactly. <laughs> so let, let my audience know then um, what you're offering and how if they're interested in partaking in, in um, what you've got going on here. Um, please plug yourself. 
Yeah, it's called dreamingforgamers.com. And the website is basically to teach you how to dream for fun and entertainment using any kind of source material that you want, that you enjoy. So you get to pick it, be it a video game or a movie or a book or RPG or even a walk in a beautiful park or even sitting on YouTube and looking at beautiful pictures of scenic travel or places you want to go so that your subconscious mind now has data that it's going to replay as you fall asleep at night in the memory consolidation and come back. But of course, you're not going to catch it if you're atrophic with memory. So I have to also help people out in building up the atrophic state of memory and perception and awareness so that, you know, when they finally get to have all their engine oiled instead of weeded and <laughs> chunking along slowly, um, then they'll really appreciate the art. So we treated uh, dreaming as an art form. Your eyes, when you close your eyes, is a canvas and your thoughts are the paint. So I leave what you dream about, what you want to dream about, the influences that are going to be there, your influences, nobody else's as it should be. That's amazing. You're the artist. Yeah, I love it. And I love it because you can, every night you get to paint a new one. <laughs> I know, and it's fun. And so the website has a free course. It's a seven-day free course. And I made it free because I don't want to put an imposition on somebody to come in and try something that they may not like at the end of the course. And then after that, I made them very affordable. You know, they're a $40 set of courses. I have a bundle for $129 for four courses. That's one 28-day, you know, school. This is a school. 28 days of schooling for $129. That's not, that's not expensive at all. No, I didn't. I'm not greedy. It's not about making money, but I'm, I'm I still have join. to support. I still have join. to support, <laughs> support that business um, because it doesn't work when you give things away, unfortunately, because the, the cost of living, not that I wanted to get so high. Uh, there hasn't been a, a time where I haven't pulled my pocket out for everything around me. But so you can yeah. only give so much and give so much and you realize, okay, I don't have anything left to give. No. And then there has to be an energy exchange. There, there really does. Um, so sometimes getting a bit of support back for your, investment isn't about selfishness it's about saying look if i don't probably won't be here anymore maybe that website will go down in a week i won't well, be able to afford the cost think, <laughs> you know i think one thing that people there's the reality really, yeah people really need to wrap their heads around the fact that when you invest in yourself not just time but money as well because money is something that you earn through giving your time mm -hmm. to doing something that you're yeah, when, it's, when we start investing um, our money into things that are of actual service to humanity, yes. to me, that's part of how we're going to break down the system of the matrix and the money system. So by starting to use it for all of these really high frequency goods and services, and also paying people who are in servitude to humanity is part of how we break down the system. So start investing your money there and not investing it into companies that have slave labor or like into items that are just to serve the ego, you know? Well, not that there's anything true. wrong with that all the time, but you know what I mean? How many of those people have really given back? Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. know how many things do people buy that has no value or has consequence and they don't realize it. You know, when you're investing in yourself, you know, you do have to make those right choices. Is this going to work for me? Well, I really hope that what I've spent 33 years doing, compiling four books and giving those out for free for 20 years, plus all the articles and all the support I've done for the dream community online, I'm just wrapping it up in a little bit of payware isn't an insult at this point. Maybe I've earned. And the reason why I'm doing it is I know if I don't, um, have support financially for that site, that site won't be there. Mm -hmm. You know, I won't, it's getting really difficult with, and if I'm in lockdown again, and my company's back in lockdown, well, what, what options do I have now have? I'm, I have a family. I've taken care of my mom after she had a heart attack. I have a daughter. I mean, we all have these things that we do need to support. I'm supporting them. So right now society, it's not my money. It's my landlord's money. You know, it's the tax money. It's the gas money it's the power money it's yeah. the, the food money it's it's the clothing money it's the schooling money it's not my money well i'm going to take a look at your courses <laughs> i'm going to take a look at your courses because this is actually one thing i'm really interested in developing more just because it's become so fertile for me um it's it's just it's starting to really take off it's getting a life of its own so i'd love to well, hone the skills more I, and i know the this you'll appreciate and, and i'm not going to guarantee you can reach it but you just may so i'm not going to put a negative blocker there is when you get to some serious practitioners when it comes to the perception of time there's very few of us you know you can have a 20 minute nap and experience two weeks i know some conscious practitioners three months a dream yogi 10 years 
you know, um, cultivating time in dreams is not a bad investment of an interest if you want to explore that possibility. But put it and present it not so much on this website until later, but you know, that's a big part of um, adding experience to yourself that, you know, sure it doesn't offer the fountain of youth, but geez, when you wake up after a two week dream and it's just like a vacation and you're like, oh, now I'm back here. Okay, well, I'm back to work. It's not a bad, it's not a bad experience, especially if it was something you were creating and you enjoyed. Yeah, it's almost like I feel like I've been given a hammer and I've been using it just to smash it and now I want to build a house. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And I'm I'm just providing skills, you know, I really am. Everything that I'm doing in these courses are skills. How you use those tools, you know, and I always say, I even say look, if it doesn't work for you, drop it, find something else, but you'll find that these have all been tested from many different types of dream researchers extensively by myself. A lot of them have come up with just because of my own need to get out of atrophy. And I just, you know, I couldn't taste in my dreams. And one day I just sat drinking hot chocolate and I was like, oh, I wish I could taste hot chocolate as real like this. And I just really focused on how, you know, rich it was and thinking about dreaming and tasting that taste of hot chocolate. And the next day I go to bed and in the replay, I can taste the hot chocolate. Oh. So I was like, oh, interesting. You know, um, paying attention here, gathering data here is spicing up my dream life. Very simple, self-evident, but that's experience, 33 years worth. Okay. All right. Good to know. Well, thanks so much for coming on, uh, Ian. And I'm going to leave all of the, dis the uh, links in the description below for uh, your website and the courses. So please, people, check him out. Um, he's definitely got an incredibly valuable resource available to you to not just enhance the dream state for you to have fun, but to me, I see it as an opportunity to shape your future and to shape your outcomes to some degree and uh, why not use it as another tool in your toolbox so thanks Ian for coming on and thank you to our audience for being here um, I love you guys so much and I'll see you guys next week thanks for listening and being such a supportive audience all video episodes can now be found on my personal YouTube channel Nicole Frolic if you would like to further support the show you can visit my merchandise shop or send any donations to the PayPal link in the description below remember a mind is like a parachute unless it's open it's useless so keep joining me each week as I continue to expand the mind and explore life beyond this reality.